What up, everybody? It's your host with the most. Don't mean to brag. Don't mean to boast. It's your boy, Johnny B, coming at you with an all-new episode of Media Speakeasy. And today, my co-host is uh, Sir... Roki... Oh, I'm sorry. Gus. Gus, the intern. Um, and we're coming at you with an all-new segment. Uh, one of our four new segments here on Media Speakeasy. Uh, starting with uh, Media... That's our first segment, After Hours, which has our paranormal and horror stuff, and then we have um, Decade, which we talk about best and worst things about certain decades, and then finally we have this one, an all-new wrestling podcast, which Gus would not shut up about until we actually did it. <laughs> Gus has been literally pushing to like do a wrestling podcast for like the longest time. I I, can, I cannot stress that enough. Like literally, he would wake up every day, and the first thing would be Johnny. So when we started that wrestling podcast, every day, he, he's not. Oh, even... I know. Literally, <laughs> professional wrestling. Considering I don't know any of the movies you ever talk about, <laughs> or watch them. Yeah, I, I, we are massive, massive wrestling fans. Um, include that includes TNA, WWE, <sighs> AEW. But yeah, uh we're big wrestling fans and you know, given the circumstances of everything we're going through today, you know, we just want to give you guys something else to like look forward to and new stuff to listen to, you know. Yeah, we want to help you guys get your minds off of stuff, you know, because we know the world's crazy and everything feels uncertain sometimes, you know, like everyone's, you know, trying their best, but be you know, we're we're all here, you know. So much worse, so. <laughs> yeah, we're all here, you know. We're here with you guys. And we're that here was to before the technology we had. So, thing, <laughs> like now it's just nothing. Honestly. But we're here for you guys and uh, you know, you guys can always find us on our social medias, you know, and you guys can always talk to us and we're always uh we always have an open door, you know, and we want to help you guys kind of just get through these uh, these trying times. these trying times and uh, you know entertain you guys. And so today we thought that given that this is our first wrestling podcast, we would try something different that we've never really done before. Um, we figured we'd kind of start with uh, wrestling 101 uh-huh. and uh, kind of basically explain to uh, the people that listen because we know that some of you guys actually watch wrestling or watched at some point in time. But it's a whole different ball game compared to when we were watching when we were little. Because I started watching wrestling uh, back in the Attitude Era, back in uh, uh, back in uh, I want to say uh, I think when I first started watching wrestling, it was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Is when I started watching. Uh, yeah, I watched it occasionally whenever my dad would like decide to actually start watching, and then I'd watch it. Then I watch it. Um sporadically i would never really know where to find it and i've always wanted to watch it because i always thought this was like the most coolest thing i've ever fucking seen in my life this is so <laughs> much more fun than any any other sport i've ever watched so come come 2008 unfortunately we ended up losing someone by the name of eddie guerrero and i was starting to think i was thinking to myself i'm really curious as to how how they go they'll they'll go about uh, doing the show with with one of the wrestling's the wrestlers passing away, so it was kind of a a case of being like like just genuine, just genuinely curious. Like, yeah, how are they gonna go about? Yeah, no. And little um, did I know about <laughs> a particular incident that happened within a pay per view where they proceeded to continue. So obviously, someone else's death 
was definitely not going to stop them. But it was really <laughs> sweet of them to have a, a, a whole a, segment, yeah. an episode dedicated to him. A whole in memoriam and everything. Yeah, and from there, that's when I started watching more and more wrestling because I found out where uh, where SmackDown was, where Raw was, and then I took a small hiatus and then came back in like... I think it was one year hiatus. Either that or a couple months uh, hiatus because I remember still watching it in 2010. So I guess it was a year hiatus. Yeah. I came back. I started so. I started watching it in the 90s and I stopped watching it I want to say mid 2000s back in a uh, 06 07 I stopped watching for about a few months and then I jumped back in and I was okay for a little bit but then I felt like I was a little lost with some of the characters cuz I didn't know who was who and then so around I think 08 to like 2008 so I want to say at least like 2012 was when I like completely stopped watching for a solid while and then I jumped back in um after 2012 which is funny because I actually missed a good chunk of uh the summer of punk um because I, I want to say the summer oh, wow. of punk yeah yeah that summer of punk a, so you skipped it not the sum, n- before the summer of punk not entirely out. I mean I would watch bits and pieces there because I had friends that were actually in tune watching it you know that was funny I used to watch every single episode of SmackDown Raw. <laughs> it was mostly SmackDown, though, because I didn't have cable at the time. Um, and then it eventually became SmackDown Raw. And then at some point, I just said, this is so fucking stale. And just started watching <laughs> highlights. Because at that point, I stopped having cable, and I just started watching stuff online. And it's just... It, it got to a point where I'm just like, oh, this happened, that happened. And then I'll only ever watch... <clears throat> A pay-per-view, which I still do to this day, because no way in hell would you pay me any type of money to watch Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. AEW, however, that's a really different thing. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame, but we'll yeah. get we'll get into that. So, I mean, to essentially start it off and kick it off here, um, we're going to go down a list of, terminology. of terminologies that kind of set up, you know, Wrestling 101 to kind of get certain people in the, you know, into the idea of how, like, how... Com- kind of complex wrestling can be sometimes like I know that like yeah, the frameworks within uh, professional wrestling yeah, yeah, these yeah. are terms that never were established or they were established but they were never fully understood at the time because back then before it was eventually quote unquote exposed for being quote unquote vague in terms of like calling out spots and stuff before that happened um, nobody knew any of these terms it was all an inside um Inside so thing, yeah, during exactly. The party yeah, days yeah. when it first started com- coming about, and then <laughs> back in uh, the Hogan days and stuff like that, when they started to yeah, kind of shift things, when, especially back in the twenties. I think it was still considered like the people were thoroughly convinced it was all real. Well, there were obviously a few exceptions. That's yeah, well, you're, you're, you're talking about way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's when it, um, like, yeah. But nowadays, yeah, people are more aware, but they like to still suspend their. Their uh, disbeliefs, disbeli- their beliefs, yeah, disbel- or however you say it. But yeah, we're uh, we're in the age of the internet, so uh, now we we know everything, yeah. and that brings us to our first thing, uh, our uh, angles. So an angle is pretty much a storyline, which is what we're watching right now. <laughs> uh, it's it, and so essentially you have uh, normally it's usually like the the dri- uh, the driving force between uh, behind a plot. And uh, a feud in this case. and basically a feud um, between two rest two or more wrestlers. Sometimes it's 
uh, two or more. Like if you go back and you watch uh, certain things from the Attitude Era, you usually had sometimes uh, like a solid like uh, two to three wrestlers that were going at each other at the time, and then you had stables that would actually go at it or tag teams as uh, as uh, the, the duels too. One prime example um, of angle would be like, for example. Because people will ask, was this, like, oh, that's another term, shoot. Was this shoot slash, in other words, real, or was this an angle? So, some people may ask that because either they, some of the wrestlers weren't informed, or certain people aren't even sure, which what's what makes certain stories but really we, interesting. But we, will, we will cover what shoot means later down the line. But yeah, um, uh, the point so is, angle angles, is like angles story story line. that's, that's yeah. happening within the storyline. So it's the ang- structure of so, the feud. So angle's a storyline. And then within that angle, um, that's where you have what's considered kayfabe, which is essentially the, the lines... You know that kind of get blurred sometimes now because of the internet. Yeah, way people way back. Ask questions like, "Is this a kayfabe or is this a shoot?" So basically, kayfabe is that line between it be it being real and it being fake, and what portions are real and what portions are fake. Um. So j- just just forewarning, we we understand and we know that wrestling. The, the storylines aren't real. A lot of that stuff's predetermined. Nobody really oh hates each other. Oh my god, shocker. Yeah, exactly. There, uh, uh, there are times where certain people who are supposed to hate each other like are right next big, to each other and in a picture. Yeah, or, or their best friends. Yeah. But there's a lot of wrestlers who love to keep it all protected mm-hmm. and, and refuse to take pictures with one another, refuse to hang out with one another. So yeah, kayfabe is that line between reality and what you see. That's you know what's what's produced from the actual show as far as um, rivalries go and championships and stuff like that. The internet has definitely made kayfabe a little bit harder, but you have some really really smart wrestlers who actually work between the lines and make certain things or do what's considered a quote unquote shoot. That's exactly what Gus was talking about earlier. Which is essentially when someone is openly honest about the company that they're working for, or they're being openly honest about a wrestler, and it's it's not something that was scripted for them. Like it was an honest uh, angle and an honest um, thought from these wrestlers, their opinions essentially. So a shoot is basically that moment where they're like, you know what, we're just gonna say fuck the lines and we're gonna be honest about something for a minute. Or sometimes it's a shoot fight. Yeah, sometimes a, a real fight. Yeah, either hit each other or there's a moment within the uh, the uh, dance that is professional wrestling that goes wrong, and people are throwing in real blows and being and fighting each other for reals. Yeah, that's where things start getting awkward because everything starts looking sloppy. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's why. Might as well not even be watching a pro wrestling match at that point. You have. Uh, that's why sometimes you have wrestlers who uh, take stiff shots, or they'll take uh-huh. uh, they'll take full punches to the face, Speed or fights. or they'll take really bad bumps. So that sometimes brings... they do it in per- on purpose. Like both parties agree and yeah. decide to go for it, just go. to make the spec. spec- Spectacle, spectacle even bigger, yeah. Cooler and shit, and like yeah. But you have to you have to angle those really, really, really well because if if you if you go for a shoot, punch or a kick or a move and it doesn't come out looking good, 
you get some really, really, really terrible... You potentially injure your opponent. Yeah, you get some which... terrible, like, looks, or you get some terrible moves, or you can actually, yeah, potentially hurt an opponent really, really badly to the point where uh, they need to be hospitalized or something like that. That, that has definitely happened before. Um, so, yeah. So, essentially, it's Angles, which is a storyline. Then you have Kayfabe, the line between reality and fiction, and then you have, um, which I'm going to call it shoot, which is what is considered real. So, okay. So now, now, now going uh, alongside that, now we can get into like some of the wrestlers and some of the things that uh, a lot of people know. So, As an example of uh, how to use these terminology. So you have uh, what's considered a heel and a baby face. We, we pair these up because essentially it's... Uh, the good guy and the bad guy. The The baby face is obviously the good guy. The heel is the bad guy. Some people tend to say baby baby for short. Some or people say face, face for, for short, short. Or just baby face. Yeah, or just baby face. But essentially you have people that you probably, you guys have probably heard of. Like John Cena is one of the biggest faces who absolutely refused to turn heel for the longest time. Since he turned <laughs> Since baby he face. turned baby face. Because he used to be a heel. Oh, I think he was technically a face at the time. Yeah. And went straight up heel, dickish heel. And then went back to face and then just stayed there the rest of his career. Yeah. So John Cena being one of the biggest baby faces. And then you have uh, Brock Lesnar, who's one of the biggest <laughs> heels. Bless you. Jesus Sorry. Christ. <laughs> uh, allergies, I swear. So you have, uh, so you have uh, Brock Lesnar, who's one of the biggest heels. Or Edge, who's one of the biggest uh, uh, heels in WWE. So oh, you have Edge stuff like that. Big time heel. Yeah, and then you the have... The more people you can hate, have hating you, the better like you're known for being a heel. And the more people you can have loving you, the better you know, you're known for... Exactly, and and then you and then you have uh, alongside the baby faces and the uh, the heels. This is more of a modern term. Sometimes I guess you could say it's a little more modern because considering nobody really hates heels anymore. No one really, yeah, no one really hates heels anymore. But you, it's really hard. Sometimes you have what's considered a tweener. Uh You know, it's essentially a guy who's in between. He, he, I would, I would consider basically it, it kind of like. Being an anti-hero in a way, if 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 I'm, I'm being honest, yeah, in a way, there's a good chance AEW is gonna be able to actually make that translation a lot easier, considering uh, WWE's version of a tweener would be just flat out face, never refusing to do anything heelish at all. Um, also, by the way, um, WWE and AEW are two separate promotions of wrestling. Don't just, let just... anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> you can definitely tell, considering. The type of uh, wrestling that actually happens between, oh, and the terminology, uh, yeah, uh, Mister refuses to have anyone acknowledge each other as pro wrestlers, <laughs> even though they should be. Considering that was their fucking Gus. Gus has some inner uh, turmoil with WWE. Oh, but that's an understatement. <laughs> that's that especially is after whole... what happened to the feed. Oh, that is a whole can of worms. But that's but a can of worms I'm not ready to open just yet. We we will definitely get into that soon enough. But uh, we yeah we have tweeners which are considered kind of like the anti heroes, who are essentially neither good nor bad or do things that a normal babyface wouldn't do or do things that a heel wouldn't do. So they're just kind of in between. So you have kind of like 
uh, one of the first, what I would consider one of the first tweeners would, uh, was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, even though a majority of his uh, career was based around being a face. Yeah. He would definitely do things that were not considered, you know, oh, something a baby nice face. or something a baby face would actually do. He would go around, for example, filling cars full of cement and smashing, uh, smashing uh, people's cars uh, breaking things, almost shooting. shooting, pretending to shoot someone to the point where they piss their pants, only to have it be like a, a little sign that says uh, Austin three sixteen. Um, also, shooting a whole gallons or like I don't know, like thousands of gallons worth of like alcohol at somebody's face because that's what you do, right? You you shoot when you have all your it's enemies really in a ring. Shoot. You just shoot a beer at them. Beer a uh, hose uh, full of beer. Yeah, so. Is essentially that's uh, that's what we call a tweener. He used to be in such better shape. Oh, Anyways, yeah. he but, was uh, there's a I remember this like very vividly. Um, um so anyways, do you um, want to talk about how uh, the dynamics between uh, babyface and the heel and how they behave in the ring? Oh, we'll, one we'll, we'll get there. Um, okay. next is uh, a bump. So essentially, that's when a wrestler hits the mat or the ground. Uh. That's the the actual violence that happens in pro wrestling. Yeah, the actual real part. Because as 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 much as uh, you know, the storylines are fake, and a lot of the stuff is predetermined. But what's not fake is the actual bumps that they take. So essentially, the hits that they take. Though a lot of that stuff is kind of brought down to a level where they basically kind of. Uh, we'll just say protect each other. Uh-huh. They they protect each other and they essentially say, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do this, or we're gonna take a bump, or I'm gonna take a hit in a proper way to where it doesn't hurt me, even though it looks painful." So essentially, that's what a bump is. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a bump. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You have a card, which is basically the matches and stuff like that. You have the 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 card. Like if someone says, "Oh, this is the card for." WrestleMania or the card for Survivor Series. That's essentially like that's the, what the matches happen. Th- that those are all the matches essentially, and then you have, uh, then you have the dynamics between uh, the face and the heels, which is what Gus was referring to earlier. Which is basically, uh, you have the angle, the storyline between a face and a heel, and they pursue each other for either a title or uh some kind of other rivalry that's there's, something that sparked it the the driving force there's a particular behaviors that both baby faces and heels um act in in that baby faces always always try to get the most reaction out of people by looking the most like uh sympathetic so they make the most sympathetic faces they make the most sympathetic uh uh like reactions to everything yeah um heels on the other hand just look kind of like when they're they're hurt they mostly look just like annoyed or just like they exaggerate a lot of the time or how hurt they are just to be like just so you get that lethargic uh fucking feeling of hell yeah dude (laughs) that's what you fucking get (laughs) and essentially a lot of depending on the type of heel because you uh, uh, alongside the kinds of uh, faces and heels that exist, you have different kinds of characters and different kinds of people, uh, which that's when you have people that are suited up to their gimmick, essentially. So a gimmick is 
a thing that is fucking hey. It's a character. It's a character. So essentially, a gimmick is a character that Especially this. That's a very cartoony, exaggerated. One. Yeah, yeah. That's mostly what gimmicks are. Characters. There are characters, but they're also gimmicks, which is mostly just a flat-out parody of a character. It's Essentially, yeah. Exaggerated. So yeah, you have a gimmick. You have gimmicks, which are the characters that these actual people play. Like you have um, people like uh, Mark Calloway. For example, The Undertaker, which a lot of people know. Um, oh, the- he was one of the biggest... He was one of the wrestlers that actually managed to continue his career as a gimmick. Because most gimmick most gimmick wrestlers don't really last that long. Yeah. Their lifespans don't really last all that that long. For example, there's this guy, Luke Harper. Luke, Luke Harper. Luke Gallows. Gallows. He was Festus, which I was actually a pretty big fan of. Um, he was Festus at the time, this uh, redneck hillbilly who just doesn't really react at all unless the bell rings. And then he goes fucking cr- ape shit crazy. And then when the bell rings again after he wins or whatever, or loses, he goes back to like just being normal, just yeah. Just being like uh, catatonic yeah. and shit. Um, that didn't last long and eventually became Luke Gallows when he, when he got fired and go, went to Japan. And yeah. now, Undertaker is a huge exception in that when, when he went from Mean Mark Callis, which was this WCW character, to The Undertaker. WCW being another promotion oh, yeah, another, that no longer exists. a dead promotion. Oh, there's a big can of worms there. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, when he left there and became The Undertaker, um, he went out of his way to uh, live the gimmick as best he can to try to convince people thoroughly that he was dead. And he was, <laughs> and he was, he was this undead. zombie, yeah, yeah. yeah, undead zombie guy. Which I actually was kind of thoroughly convinced at one point. No, like, <laughs> how are they going to explain away the fact that he legitimately died if he ever does? And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's stuff like that where he's he was so dedicated and he was so good at, at this gimmick. And back when WWE actually gave a shit about um, gimmicks, protecting the characters, yeah. And uh, letting them be as big, if not bigger, than WWE themselves. So, yeah, a whole combination of that stuff, including refreshments every now and then, where he would uh, uh, cut off from the Undertaker character into and more then, of a biker guy. Yeah, he would shift back and forth between characters, but, <laughs> but essentially keeping the same back, gimmick. Yeah, and he eventually came back as the Undertaker, um, and proceeded to continue his career from there, and that's what solidified him as this. This character that just yeah. keeps staying and like so yeah like, essentially yeah a gimmick is a character and they can be an over exaggeration of some uh someone or sometimes they're actual characters that are written originally random occupation such yeah, as a garbage a, man that or was a, an actual wrestler that was a gimmick a, a dentist oh, a garbage man a, a no, dentist. Was more, yeah dentist a dentist Speaking of oh no no you, yeah you, you, yeah you're definitely no there was there a garbage, was a garbage there, there was a garbage man no that, that exists there. Uh, there that a, existed there was a car tower or whatever the fuck you call yeah it. repo man repo yeah man. repo man repo man was that demolition uh, was that no, demolition no no no, no 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 that was just packaged uh, no it was repo man was just he was just a single guy who would go around no st- I know taking cars the, the, the guy does that the guy behind him was. No. Oh, I, I think yeah, them? I think he was one yeah, of them. One of but, those. but yeah, sometimes the you have wrestlers like uh, Gus was saying 
that will actually live the gimmick and will actually be their well, character and, back in the day. and they will not break kayfabe like uh, like we mentioned earlier sometimes certain characters will not break certain certain people will, ref- will refuse to like even if they're best friends in real life they will refuse to talk to each other outside where they can be seen in public Nowadays, it's it's very wishy washy because of Instagram, Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, 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 you know, you still have yeah the the odd few people who will who will actually protect it, protect yeah. by or, staying in character and refusing to talk to one another. Or you'll get those people that are actually really creative with their gimmicks and are actually creative with their online. Uh, Twitter handles or whatever, and they're actually really, really good online. Some some wrestlers are actually really to, good. They have a good way to get heat. Oh, and, that's another term, heat. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, back uh, coming back, yeah. So, when you have wrestlers like heels who essentially want the crowd to boo them, so and hate their guts. yeah heels. Their job is to make sure that you absolutely, positively hate them. Like you want them to die. Not really, but you want to you, you, you hate you hate them essentially. But yeah, um, and so heels they try their hardest to gain what is considered heat. So the amount of booze that they get the moment they enter a stadium that is heat. If they've got heel heat and they're good at it, oh man, they will they will get booed by everyone. Now essentially. That's not to say that you can't like a heel. Sometimes you can like a bad guy. Some bad yeah, guys are great. I loved Edge ever since, like forever. I I refuse to hate him. Like, Edge being a heel. Yeah, um, and even when he during weird ass times when for some reason they decided let's just have him and Eddie's widow make out, which was so weird. That's a long story. Anyways, I I've always loved Edge regardless of. Uh, being a babyface or a heel. So, but, yeah, heel heat being... There's two types of heel heat. And there's a, a lot of debate that goes on between people on whether or not what kind of heel heat is acceptable. Because there's heel heat and then there's go-home heat. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a or big, big, big also difference. also dubbed X-Pac heat. Because X-Pac, <laughs> X-Pac being so a wrestler. Much heat, yeah, had so much heat beating up Kane and interrupting his matches... To the point where people were just like, fuck off, rather than, oh, I would love people yeah, to you, beat him up. You want people You to... don't want fuck off heat. You want, <laughs> I want to see you in this match get your ass kicked. Heat. Yeah, like, I, I hate your guts. You're a good you're a good bad guy. Or, I hate this guy because he's a bad guy and he's hurting the baby face that I like. But you never want fuck off heat. You never want, it's, fuck this especially guy. Especially if it means... No, fuck that noise. I'm changing the channel. That's not good yeah. heat you want. Yeah. If you have if you have good heat, you have the amount of heat that causes people to want to keep watching because they want to see you get your ass kicked. Yeah, if, or see how you're gonna snivel your way out of this match. Or yeah, something. exactly. So you so you essentially, if you start getting the na 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 hey 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 goodbye, if you get that, you 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 have the wrong kind of heel heat, and you only only when when. After a match and you get kicked out. Yeah. Not in the middle of a match. That's, That's the yeah. worst time. But <laughs> there's also... The reverse can happen too. The reverse... The, the exact same thing can happen as well to baby faces. Yeah. Especially if it's a... If you're a particular baby face who's less of a... People like you... Or people are supposed to like you because you're sympathetic and relatable, etc., etc. And more of a... People were... For, had you forced down their throat by a company 
Yeah, so. a la Roman Reigns, who got so much heat just for being same old hokey, constantly winning, kind of overly promoted, down our throats kind of a baby face. Yeah, essentially, where he got revert like. Yeah, you you have uh, the wrestling fans. Ultimately, are some of the smartest fans. Yeah. Though, arguably, sometimes they have their moments. They're some of the most frustrating fans. Yeah, they're mostly. So, you you have fans who definitely don't always buy into a certain wrestler. Because there are moments where a wrestling promotion will say, Hey, this is a good guy. Take this guy and make him, like, put a picture of him next to Jesus in your house. Because he's a good guy. He saved an orphanage. And, he petted and, a puppy. And he you, carried a baby and kissed him in the forehead. Yeah, and you want to love them. But there are moments where wrestlers that are faces do get shoved down people's throats. And we're, we, we, we tell the company, you know, hey, we know. We know they're good guys, but Let we don't really care. Let them show how much we want to care for them. Why we want to care for exactly. them. Exactly. Give us a reason to care for them. We don't always buy into what's being given to us at the moment having the baby face constantly win is not yeah. going to help that regardless of how much you want the heel to still dominate throughout the majority of the match it doesn't matter because at the end of the day the baby face is still winning exactly so it becomes predictable when you keep doing that and you don't you're just you have no reason to be like oh please let's see Hopefully he wins this one. Yeah, oh wait, he yeah. is because the last match he had, he won. The last feud he had, he won. So what the fudge is the point? And so you, know? you so now that you have the a bit of an idea where heels and faces lie, a lot of these guys get pushed either to the moon or they get pushed to what's considered the mid card. So the mid card is basically the center piece of yeah, it's wrestling the, it's, it's it's in the middle of the main event card and the uh lower card which is uh usually first in or just rarely used or just used to like kind have, of fill in time yeah, to have someone beat up beat them up to show how strong they are essentially but yeah you have yeah, as you, term, so you so. have what are burials uh-huh. Which, that's what exactly what Gus just described. Sometimes there are... Um, There's a difference this... between a squatch match and a burial. Though. Yeah, Because yeah, squatch yeah, yeah. matches are mostly, here's a guy who's, who you're supposed to be convinced that he's just a small-time guy who can barely stand uh, do anything to the bigger-time guy. So... And we're proving that by having him hardly do any offense while the bigger guy you're supposed to like see as a, an intimidating force beat up on the smaller guy so basically a squash match is when the big guy absolutely decimates the smaller guy or you just have a general wrestler and their character just automatically demolish like there's no offense put in from one side and you just have these wrestlers lose automatically boom they walk in the gate they get thrown out boom they're dead Done. Not, not literally, but you know what I mean. You'll still have your occasional punching back and all this other stuff, but then eventually it's just mostly one-sided. And so then you have what's considered a burial, which is um, when or when someone gets buried, which is basically when a wrestler starts to lose their stock in matches or they keep losing consistently and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes, or sometimes it's actually like. As mean as this sounds, it's sometimes considered a bit of a punishment for something that a wrestler 
or a, a person does outside of the wrestling gimmick or or just sometimes when the promoter is tired of his new toy or they're tired yeah yeah Some, sometimes you have those moments where you have certain companies <laughs> wwe where certain uh uh people like <clears throat> vince mcmahon oh that's motherfucker. uh vince mcmahon the manager of uh or the uh, ceo of uh or cfo or CEO, whatever. whatever the fuck he is of wwe <laughs> who sometimes gets tired of certain wrestlers sometimes he will bury wrestlers he'll build them up and then randomly bury them so he's old and senile and doesn't know what the fuck he's again doing gus has a really big gripe against wwe anyways no clue what uh so Essentially, yeah, a burial will happen sometimes out of a punishment or when a wrestler starts to lose stock or they start to lose consistently. And it mostly happens to wrestlers who have already been uh, considered, who have already been in a good position. Yeah. Or are just barely getting there or whatever. It's just, it's an established wrestler who has a regular uh, streak. It's not always being beaten. But he's not always winning, etc., etc. Or sometimes he was on top of the. At one point, he was on top of the world, and then you get to a point where there's a match where he gets beat up because either they want they want to be like fuck that noise. This guy isn't going to be convinced. Uh, we're not going to make you try to be convinced that this guy has a chance with this one. Um, he's just going to lose, plain and simple. Or sometimes it's just a case of. This is a regular match, but he does end up losing regardless yeah. for no reason, especially especially when he shouldn't be. Yeah, obviously. Um, and then you have that makes sense. a wrestler's <laughs> finisher and their uh, their signature moves. So there's a big difference between a finisher and their signature moves. Um, so when wrestlers uh, are running around in the ring, they will sometimes try to do. Um, their signature move to try to kind of end the match or make it look like the match is about to end. So, for example, a signature move would be something considered like the uh, choke slam. Like um, the Undertaker does with some, something called the choke slam. That's where you grab by the throat and then they slam you on the ground. That's it. Throw you up in the air. They throw you up in the air by your throat and, then and slam, slam you. you. Exactly. Yeah, he did a better job explaining it. But. Um, so you have that. That's a signature move. And it's something that the character themselves is known to do frequently. But then you have a finisher, which is what's supposed to cap the ending of a match. Um, so the Undertaker's finisher is called the Tombstone Pile Driver. That's where he carries you um, belly to belly and you are facing upside down. He ends up just falling onto his knees and slams your head onto the ground. Supposedly. Again, these are protected moves, like we said earlier, protected. Um, that's where essentially they go they out of their way to make out. sure they make sure that the uh, the wrestler de- delivers a move and the person does not kicked out, doesn't kick out, or they also make or sure rarely that rarely gets kicked out of. And sometimes you have, uh, and also you have these people that are that are protected. Like these are all protected. These people aren't getting their heads actually slammed onto the ground. So right. these bumps. There's- Presented as in like people there these professionals know how to do it so that it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Or it's never like and then there are there are finishers that are like they really don't hurt more than any other finisher, but they're always protected to as as in in terms of how people sell it, which is another term. We'll get to that in a bit. How people uh the fact that people don't kick out of it at all, or if at all, just very, very, very rarely. Yeah. But like, 
That's what a protective finisher is. Um, sometimes you get to a point, though, where finishers are used and they still get kicked out of. Those are less protective. And that's when certain wrestlers, you start losing faith in them or you start losing faith in said finisher. And that's yeah, when they start. It, it, it loses their stock. It basically, and the move itself loses its pop. So essentially a pop is oh, when... Yeah. A wrestler makes an appearance after not making an appearance in a long while, or they do a particular move that they haven't done in a while, and the crowd loses it. So a pop, you especially want that as a baby face. Yeah, as as a baby face, it is your job to make sure that you get a pop from the crowd, and the crowd absolutely loses it. They lose it, and they buy into the moment, and that's sometimes what's considered marking out. That's when uh, you People lose it. Lose their shit. Like and I've had those moments. Before. Like you, you genuinely like you know that this is all predetermined, and sometimes you have. But if you um, cook it properly, you can yeah. make it to where nobody knows what who the fuck is gonna win. Yeah. So you, know? you, you choreograph a match properly into it's s- perfect, and the in-ring psychology, which is the structuring of a match. The in-ring psych, uh, the in in-ring psychology works so well, and you're buying into every single moment that when you have a, a certain wrestler do a particular move, and you know it's over, and they do their finisher, the crowd pops. But yeah, but and there's and it especially works in reverse for heels because you'll they'll do their finisher that's never been kicked out of, and you'll get really pissed because you're like son of a bitch, you you cheated your way into this, and now you have this finisher that nobody kicks out of. And now there's a fucking ending. Great. But sometimes you get that rare moment where you people pop and you mark the fuck out because this protected finisher, at least for this one match, not just over and over again, but at least for this one match, they kick out of. And you're like, what the fuck? Holy shit, I thought I was going to lose. But and it also <laughs> coincides with the whole, like, like feuds, uh, which is another term we're going to talk about in a bit. A feud being to the point where, like, you don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose. Like, it's not that predictable. Like, if you get a feud going to where people genuinely have no clue who the fuck is going to win, those are the best feuds because it goes back to the whole Roman Reigns getting booed scenario and mostly a little bit of John Cena. They won so much to the point where every match became predictable because you knew he was going to win. Yes. Like... You don't want that. You don't want your baby face, people knowing that your baby face is going to win over and over again. Yeah, you don't want a baby face that's indestructible, that and doesn't lose matches and is predictable and can only do certain moves or do the same repeated moves in every single match. You don't want that. Yeah, and they try to remedy that by having the heel go over the baby face for the majority of the match. And then the baby face does his comeback, which sure, I guess, will work occasionally. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day if the babyface is still going to end up winning over and over again. And going over is essentially the process of winning, winning, essentially. Yeah, you're going over. You're you're going over this person that you're wrestling currently. A promoter and or a wrestler is going to tell the opponent. So he's going over or you're going over. In other words, you're winning or he's or he's winning. And so, yeah, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. When you mark out, that's essentially what you want to do is mark out and basically in short to kind of simplify it because marking a mark is is definitely something that could be great or something that could not be seen as great. You don't want to mark out on on a heel. 
you're doing a terrible job. It depends on whether or not just by default yeah, you love the heel regardless. Yeah, you, you're not supposed to be like, yay, the guy hit him but, with a car. But if, I did it for the rock. So, <laughs> but if it gets to a point where it's like the you hate the baby face so much that you're going to cheer for the heel whenever he kicks out, you don't want that. Exactly. Like, definitely don't love that. So, yeah, you have a mark, which is essentially a wrestling fan. To put it in short, because that word oh, yeah, itself, we can that. definitely go into that one, because sometimes the mark is kind of rooted isn't into deep into term, an insult, in a way. That, isn't that term kind of like people who are a little too invested? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. that's exactly that's what it what is. they call marks. But, yeah, that, that, like, that word definitely has its its double meanings. That thing, know, they know what they're doing in terms of, Booking and shit. They call it armchair booking, and they think they know better than booking, the promoter. Booking is essentially the what the match, the, the, the pre- match is going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's the structuring of a match or a feud. So the way that someone is being booked is exactly how they're being portrayed to win or lose. They're gonna be, um, they're gonna book you to win, or they're gonna book you to lose, or vice versa. Exactly. And then uh, going back to the types of uh, matches that exist, which are squash matches and. Stuff like that. Most of the time in a squash match, you have the wrestler that's always going to be going over who is a monster heel or a monster face. Or just generally. Or just in general face. Yeah. And so you have the, the wrestler itself that they're trying to push up into the higher end of the card. Uh, and leave the lower card and go past the mid card into the higher card. Uh, into the main event card, actually. Um, and so... You have wrestlers that are both heels and faces that are going against jobbers. And jobbers are wrestlers who pretty much their main function is to lose and make the other opponent look good. The proper non-pejorative term for it is performance enhancers. Or performance... No, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's something you don't want to do. That's that's, that's not it, Vinny. What was it called? Uh, Performance... uh, What the fuck's it called? There's a term for it. Actually... Is it performance? Man? No, no, no. Fine. No, no, no. Anyways, you get my point. I'll get, I'll get to it later. When yeah, you, you get my point. So, yeah, that's essentially what it is. Enhancement um, talent. There we go. Yeah, enhancement, enhancement talent. talent. So, jobbers. So, that's exactly what they are. They Jobbers is like a more derogatory term, but it, uh, enhancement, ta- jo- uh, enhancement talent is basically someone who's hired by the company to make the uh, bigger guy yeah, uh, look, look good. good. Yeah, and they're supposed to just lose, and basically the, the guys look wimpy. Over and over again. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things they do, they make sure not to wear fancier uh, gear than the than the wrestler is supposed to be going over. Yeah, they make sure to let take as much uh, attention away from them as possible, so that way the wrestler themselves ends up being the superstar at the end of the day, which is what the idea is, anyways. Yeah. So then you have uh, so Do you to, know the other to to, to, to to pretty much break it down everything that we've covered so far. Angle is the storyline. Okay. Um, you have the storyline, you have kayfabe, which is the line between reality and um, between reality and fiction. And then you have shoot, which is what's real and honest. And so then basically kayfabe is the fake story and shoot is, like is the real, happened. real thing. And then you have a face and a heel, good guy, bad guy. And then you have um, gimmicks, which is the traits of a, of a particular character, the character that is being portrayed by said wrestler. 
Um, yeah, and then you have what you call it. What else? And then you have burials, where someone gets buried when someone starts to lose their stock in the company, and they pretty much get set to lose, and they become jobbers, and, and then, then that's so they when, end up losing their own stock, and so then they end up putting over other wrestlers like a baby, a baby face, or a heel. Uh, who's supposed to leave the lower or mid card, which is the mid card being the the middle ground between the main event and the lower tier card, um, and then you have um, a fin- the, the the difference between a finisher and a signature. The signature being something that's done consistently that's supposed to look cool, um, and then the finisher being the cherry on top, the what's supposed to cap cool the match exactly. And then going over is someone who's going to be winning, essentially. And then you have Heat, which is being booed by the crowd and being um, hated. And there's good Heat and bad Heat. You don't want that fuck off Heat. You want that good Heat. The boo, I hate this guy Heat. channel changing Heat. Um, You want more of a let me stick around and watch you get your ass beat Heat. And then you have the opposite of Heat, which is a pop when... Uh, the crowd loses it, and they love what's going on with the face. Um, and then you have the in-ring psychology, which is the structure of a match and how a match is booked and how the wrestler is booked and how they're booked to look because though wrestling is not, uh, though the story is fake, the structure of a match is all choreographed, and it's a hell of a lot of work. Um and in between all that stuff, you have bumps where people literally fall and they will take hits or they will take things and they will get hurt sometimes in their bumps. And then we it brings us to a new term. You have the no-sell, which is essentially... Or the sell. Uh, the no-sell, which is essentially when a wrestler doesn't sell a move. They don't make a move look realistic. Like, they will just sit there and take it. Like, if someone punches you and you no-sell it, that means you just kind of stand there and just stare at them. It. You don't react. A exactly. sell is more... The term sell means you're selling the move. You're selling uh, the reaction. You're selling by reacting. You're selling what this move is doing to you. So, for example, if someone's punching you... You sell it by saying, this is how much it hurts. Yeah, and you say, ow, and you it's fall over, like, and you're just taking it. It's yeah. selling the uh, the action. No selling is what happens when you don't react at all. Exactly. So, like, for example, if somebody, especially you especially don't want to do that uh, to a finisher, unless there's small exceptions, but for the most part, you can't do that to finishers, especially if they're protected. Yeah. So, if it's like, say, a stunner, which is not the easiest thing to describe if you don't know what it is but just <laughs> look, look up, it up. Look, just look up a stone cold stunner yeah stunners are some of the best things you, like easiest the stunner has used has been used for some of the best fucking cells yeah of all time so yeah essentially if you are a wrestler who has a move a, a finisher that is protected in other words it's a finisher that everyone has to basically lose to nobody's ever kicked out of it um you're not supposed to no sell unless you're told directly to do so by said person or manager in order to basically make uh make a what you call it make uh, somebody get heel heat or get a pop as for example when Gus was explaining when someone kicks out and you didn't expect them to kick out and they uh they no sell it or they kick out of a move so that's if you essentially do- just to generate a reaction. If someone does a, uh, if do, someone does a finisher, 
and you get right back up after it. Or you just sell it for a little bit and then get back up after it. That's a no-sell. Yeah. So most, then... If you build a character or design a character around that, especially if he's hot, super hyped and super hot, you get moments where you're like, holy shit, this man is a fucking monster. The best one is Kendall Sticks. When he did that Kendall Stick, it was like a throw-off. When... There was a wrestler named Seth Rollins who hit uh, another wrestler, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, with the candlestick being a giant stick where people legitimately hit each other with it. Yeah, certain like, certain things you cannot like you cannot yeah, fake getting hit with, with a chair. Weapons, they choose specifically candlesticks you, or chairs. They choose particular places to get hit that minimize the amount of pain that you're gonna feel, but, but you're if still gonna a feel it. It fucking hurts. The majority <laughs> of the reactions are real when it comes to candlestick. So when I saw Bray Wyatt get hit by one and he just no-sold it. I had chills down my spine because I've never, ever seen anyone no-sell a candlestick. So there you and go. And that is hard because that was a legit hit. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is what you consider a mark. There's <laughs> there's your mark. No, stop it. Stop it. To play devil's you're advocate. You're, <laughs> you're a mark. Um, and then we have... Um, the opposite now uh we're gonna go back to um i'm a mark for the feed uh we're gonna go back to being buried which is essentially somebody that's losing stock in the company and the company no longer has faith in you so they're just gonna keep making you lose matches and basically not promoting you so if you get buried um you have the opposite now of what's being called over if you're over that means that you are generating the right kind of reaction from the crowd whether it's booing whether it's cheering if you're over that means that you have the crowd you have their attention you have them doing what you want them to do people that it's, are over are t- people that tend to go up to the to the higher main event cards relatively quickly so if someone's over and they're doing great then you're going to see them doing some shit you're going to see them doing some main event stuff either with a title or doing a main event program uh which is basically a storyline or an angle with a legend somebody who's been in the industry for a long time so you have people who have been in the in the uh wrestling industry for years but they've been in wwe for all say about a, a year or so and then because they're over, they will do a program with someone like The Rock or John Cena because they're so over, because they have so much attention. And people are really, really into them. Sometimes you're over by the crowd or and or you're over by people in the back, being in the backstage. You definitely want to go over um, with the crowd. With the promoters and the crowd, especially yeah. the promoters. If they like you... Um, and you don't have heat backstage. Like you want heat in the stage, not backstage. That's yeah. really bad. That's worse than uh, go home heat. Yeah. If you have heat there, you're gonna see yourself losing a lot of matches. And like if a boy has heat, someone has heat in, backstage, uh, it usually explains why they lose a lot and they're starting to get married. Yeah, and then you have what's considered a smart, which is a smart mark, which is. Uh, also a derogatory. Essentially, yeah, like the uh, like the, a smart ass mark. Yeah, pretty much. You have the mark that 
over exaggerates and then you have the the mark who's the smart mark you have the uh um back in 1995 you had the match between the like you have yeah, those kind of guys smart like fucking jim Cornette, who was like, paid to be a smart <laughs> he's like a fucking he used to be a promoter or whatever yeah. manager or whatever the fuck he was and now he's, he, he's a promoter yeah a smart a guy who likes to talk shit because back in my day kind of bullshit. Yeah. Major he... boomer energy. <laughs> major, major boomer. Major boomer energy. Back in my day, goddammit, we, we, this was wrestling. People we... hated heels, not loved them like baby faces. The fuck is this? So, going on next to the, um, to the kinds of people. So you have, uh, so you had a heel, you have a face, and most of the time, most heels and faces... Um, they have their own programs, but then you have tag teams, which are essentially duos, which are consistent of either brothers or best friends or people that get paired together for one reason or another. Or just and random pairings. They're random, random pairings. Or and they're stable. And tag teams usually tend to be more so along the lines of uh, f- fighting for a tag team title opportunity or stuff like that. And you have stables, which is essentially a, a, a group of uh, four or more people whom uh, or sometimes three 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 or more people which are essentially yeah by the time it hits three people mark it becomes just stable. So stable and, and there more people it just becomes stable. and they basically um they basically become a, a united group uh of uh per, per for example you have uh the four horsemen which was a stable then you have uh nwo nwo which was uh which was one that a lot of people know which is kevin nash uh, scott hall and hulk hogan and then you have uh other stables like degeneration x like with triple h and Shawn michaels i mean these are just a few examples as well like the job squad and yeah or the b team the b team oh, yeah fuck it. these are jobber stables essentially uh, you have uh the people that lose all the time yeah so you have so in in both stances you have jobber tag teams as well as jobber uh wrestlers you know enhancement talents a good a good way yeah one of the good ways to uh build up your 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 stock in a wrestler is if you have a bunch of jobbers in a job stable uh get beaten up by one wrestler yeah that's a really good way to get the the that one wrestler looking good and be looking strong and whatnot yeah, so then you have um, you have good guys and you have bad guys, you know? You have the heels in the face. And then you have moments where a good guy turns into a bad guy and does something that they shouldn't do and gets the crowd to turn against them. Or when the bad guy does a good thing and gets the crowd to cheer for them, that's called a turn. You either have a face or a heel turn where the characters basically flip sides and become a good guy or a bad guy when they were respectively the other one. Well, or sometimes rare instances where it ends up being a double turn. So baby face. Yeah. A baby face and heel enter the ring and leave the ring the complete reverse. Yeah, essentially. They both kind of flip-flopped uh, to, to the opposite of what they were. So uh, Austin versus... Uh, the Rock. No, no it was... Yeah, it was Austin versus The Rock, and they he, did a double turn there. Yeah, they, there was there was one uh, there I was, was one Bret Hart. One of them is Bret Hart. Oh, the, oh, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Yeah, uh, he he hits him with the. And hit. see, that's that's a very interesting case though, because you have though that's a moment where there are moments where things happen involuntary, like there's an involuntary no, it was, reaction. It was, it was 
Um, it was uh, an actual. Oh, I know that, but oh, okay. I- I'm just saying, like, there are moments where there's like involuntary actions where someone didn't mean to do something and they accidentally turn into a heel or they accidentally turn into a face. That has happened before, where they're like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm normally a bad guy, but for some reason this crowd really likes me, so I guess I'm the face tonight." Or they completely turn into a face. Or by the end of the feud, the baby face turns heel and the heel. Turns face. Turns face. But yeah, there are not one night uh, uh, matches where, um, yeah, like the, like I said, going to that Bret Hart versus Austin. Austin came in there as a bad badass asshole, but uh, Bret Hart was always considered the hero, and he came in as a hero. But it got to a point where things started escalating, and Bret Hart started cheating and like using. Um, Heel, bad heel tactics. tactics. And uh, Austin was still kind of generally staying the same, but by at one point, he was put into a sharpshooter, which is basically where you pretzel the guy's legs and then you turn around. That's the best I can describe it to their belly. <laughs> Anyways, um, <coughs> he applied it and kept it on in spite of Austin bleeding from his forehead and like refusing to tap out. If you watch... And yeah... It, it got to a point where he passed out, quote unquote. That was like a part of the angle, and people but, felt bad for him, and that immediately like became the catalyst of his baby face turn, his face turn. So yeah, um, I I think we've literally covered about pretty much everything that's considered what is the basics of thugonomics, the basics <laughs> of uh, basics of wrestling. Actually, uh, you can get uh, I can go into so much more detail. Yeah, if I but could, but we'd be here for a good while. But yeah, essentially that's uh, that's wrestling for you. It's basic wrestling one on one, and the most like easiest way to just throw yeah, it out there. It's a layman's like kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a couple more terms still and a couple more like complexities, but this is the general consensus of professional wrestling as a whole yeah exactly so now now that we've now that we've gotten that out of the way uh our next episode is definitely gonna have a, a little more stories and now we're gonna actually get into the uh wrestling itself so uh hopefully we did educate you guys in a way and show you guys how kind of complicated but not complicated wrestling can actually be sometimes and um, weird wacky world of professional wrestling and uh, yeah there's a lot there's a lot to it it's not just a bunch of guys running around in uh, speedos knocking each other out there's a, there's a little bit more than that but um, hopefully you guys were entertained and we educated you guys in something and um, yeah next episode we're finally gonna get into things so with that being said we appreciate you guys so much thank you guys for listening and uh be safe out there keep your keep yourself safe um remember always 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 like self-quarantine if if you, you get sick or anything uh um or if you traveled or anything, yeah so. make sure uh, you guys uh are practicing stuff like keeping yourselves uh away and always always remember we've been through worse so, and this is not going to end the world or anything as so, much as people like to try to convince you otherwise social distancing is a thing practice it in these times and you know just hang out with us We're, we'll be here for you guys but virtually but, of course but keep it a lot healthier <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys in the next podcast peace toodles